Before I begin the message, I want to take uh, just a minute to share with you some really wise words I heard this week. I had a chance together with some other pastors to hear from Elsner Lewis. Now, Elsner Lewis is a Lutheran pastor on the south side of Chicago. He's African-American and he serves a primarily African-American community. He's been there for over 30 years. We asked him to share some wisdom with us about what's going on in the world around us right now. And here's what he shared. First of all, he shared Micah 6, 8. This is that verse. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. And uh, here's how Elsner said we can do that. First of all, he said the first thing we need to be doing as followers of Jesus right now, he says, now is not the time to be silent. If we are going to do justice, we need to speak up. When we see racism or injustice happening, we can't be silent. We need to speak up. Second of all, he said, if we are truly going to love kindness, the best way we can show that kindness to people now is by listening to them. Just that. By listening and doing it without judgment. I know I have a lot to learn. There's a lot I don't understand. And um, those words from him that I need to be listening and doing that without judgment, those are really important words for me. And then finally, he said this, as we walk humbly, walking in scripture is often a, a symbol for our daily lives, just how we live each day. And he said, if we're going to live each day humbly, the best way we can do that is to look for every opportunity we can to do good around us, to, to be a blessing to others to help out wherever we can, and to pray without ceasing. Now, those are some wise words again. I, they were very helpful to me this week, and I pray that they'd be helpful to you as well. Do justice. Speak up. Walk humbly. Help out wherever you can. And love mercy. Listen to people without judgment. I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think as we meditate on your word for us. Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your sight, O God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So last week, Pastor Nick kicked off this series that we are calling the Tender Commandments. A little play on words there that helps us understand that all too often we think about the Ten Commandments as um, rules that we have to follow if God is going to love us. But as we heard last week, that couldn't be farther from the truth. In fact, before he begins the Ten Commandments, God reminds us who he is, that he's the God who's rescued us, that has given us his unconditional love and grace. And he gives us these commandments, these words, not as hoops to jump through to earn his love, but instead as the best ways to live our lives. That, that when we follow these commandments, um, we experience life in all its fullest, the way God intended it, the way that it's best for us. And we have the opportunity uh, to serve our neighbor and to be a blessing in the world around us, to make a difference with our lives. 
Now this week we turn our attention to the first commandment. And the first commandment, I remember when I was just a little kid being given the small catechism, Luther's small catechism, and, and we had to memorize the commandments and Luther's explanations to those commandments. And, and the first commandment was in some ways the easiest one to memorize because it's the shortest. It simply reads this, you shall have no other gods but me. God tells us that we are not to have any other gods but him. And, uh, and then in the catechism, there was always this question, what does this mean? And Luther's explanation was also pretty easy to memorize because it was pretty simple. Literally, Luther said this. He said, what this commandment means is that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Fear, love, and trust. Now, let's take those one at a time. Let's start with fear. Are, are, is Luther really saying we're supposed to be afraid of God? We're supposed to fear God? Well, in a way, yes. Listen to these words. This is in Matthew 10, 28. Jesus said these words. He said to his disciples, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Good so far. But then Jesus said this, fear only God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Now, while the Bible does say that we should fear God, we need to be careful that we understand what that really is talking about. Because God does not want us to be afraid of him. I was thinking about this. Um, I have a table saw down in the basement in my wood shop. Uh, it's, a, it's a powerful tool and it's a very effective tool. Uh, but it's a tool that honestly, I'm a little bit afraid of. I had a good friend that I used to bowl with, and uh, he was a woodworker and um, used his table saw all the time, uh, so much so that he had kind of lost his fear of it and honestly, stupidly, had taken the, the blade guard off. Well, one day he was doing some work, and that blade was spinning and, and running, and he dropped his pencil, and he leaned over to pick it up, and he placed his hand on the table saw to, as he bent down without realizing it and cut off two of his fingers. He almost bled to death before his wife found him. He was in shock. The table saw is something you need to be afraid of. You need to have a healthy respect of. And, and maybe that's a better word for us uh, to think of when we think about God. That, that we're not supposed to, when we talk about fearing God alone, it, we're not supposed to be literally afraid of him shaking in our boots because we, again, know who he is, that he's a God that loves us, that he cares about us, that we are his children. But we should have a, a healthy respect for him. We should know what he's capable of. He's powerful. He um, is all-knowing. Here's another example. In in C.S. Lewis's books, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the whole Narnia series, uh, the symbol for God, the character that represents God is Aslan, this lion. And at first, when the children who are visiting Narnia find out about Aslan, they're scared of him because, I mean, he's a lion. And, uh, and, and one of the other characters tells them, well, you don't have to be afraid of him. And then one of the little girls says, well, does that mean he's safe? And the character says, safe? Who said he's safe? He's not safe, but he's good. We worship and love a God who is not safe, but he's good. He knows what's best for us. He wants what's best for us. He loves us. 
He is powerful, and and, and that power, that uh, ability he has uh, to literally hold our life in his hands is something that we should, as Luther said, fear. But by that, again, he meant that we should respect, we should recognize that, that above anything else in the world, the one that I need to have the most healthy respect for, that I need uh, to take care in my relationship with, is God. Luther said we should fear, love, and trust in God. So let's take love next. I remember, again, years ago, I was teaching a confirmation class and uh, a group of seventh graders. And we were studying this commandment and we talked about what it meant to love God. And, and right away, one of the kids, their hand just shot up. And, and, uh, and I said, what is it? He goes, I, I don't understand. How can I love something I can't see? How do we love a God that is in some ways hidden from us, that is unseen? Well, I remember at the time uh, being a little uh, flabbergasted by that, uh, a little speechless. I, I, I didn't really know how to respond. I think I said something like, well, the Bible says we're supposed to love God. And just that wasn't a very good answer. But since I've had more time to think about it. And, and the way we love God is by, first of all, focusing on how much God loves us. I mean, think about it. God created you. He, we're told, formed you in your mother's womb so you would be the unique person that you are. In, in Ephesians, it, it says that you are literally God's masterpiece. You are God's poem, literally the word there says. In, in other words, you're not something that God just threw together. He thoughtfully and intentionally gave you the gifts and the talents that you have, the personality that you have. He, he shaped and molded you to be his masterpiece. And if that wasn't enough, when, when you and I strayed from God's plan for our lives, when we fell into sin, when we lived our lives the way we wanted to instead of the way he knew was best for us, he, he didn't just abandon us. He didn't turn his back on us. He, he redeemed us. He sent his son Jesus and, and Jesus loves you so much that he was willing to give his life for you. He paid the ultimate price separated from his father in heaven on the cross, giving his life for you and for me. That's how much God loves us. He loves us so much that he has proven again and again that love. There is literally nothing you and I can do that would ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. We have this unconditional love of God and it is ours every day. And it's by focusing on that and understanding that that we come to understand that we can love God with our whole heart. In, uh, in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said it this way. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. With our whole being, we love God. Now, there's lots of other things God has given us to love. He's given us our family and our friends. He's given us our, our, our career. He's given us um, our church family. He's given us a, a world in which there's many things that, that we can love. But above them all, we love not the things that we've been given, but the one who has given them to us. And that's our loving God. Luther said what it means to, to not worship any other gods is to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Now, why do we trust God? 
quite simply because he has proven he is trustworthy. Uh, a number of years ago, I was serving at a small mission church out in the Elgin area. And uh, um, one Sunday afternoon, one of the families in the church came to me to let me know that they were leaving the church. Um, they had decided that what they wanted our church to do was different than what our church leadership believed God wanted us to do. And so rather than cause problems, they believed it was best if they just found a different church uh, that um, was more in line with what they believed they wanted their church to be. Now that Tuesday night, we had our church council meeting and uh, I met with the church council and I let them know that this family was leaving. Remember, it was a small church. Even one family leaving had an impact. But this family had a really big impact. You see, what I knew and what everybody else in that room knew, even though we didn't say it out loud, was about a quarter of our budget came from the tithe of that one family. In other words, God had blessed that family richly and they were very faithful. They, they tithed on everything that God gave them and that meant they were our best contributor. So much so that, again, it was about a quarter of our annual budget came from that one family. And as I looked around the table that night, um, I knew they were all thinking the same thing I was. How are we going to survive without that money? How is our ministry going to move forward with basically a 25% cut in the, the gifts and tithes and offerings we were receiving? Again, we didn't say it out loud, but we were all thinking it. And then this, this one lady, this dear lady on the council, she looked up and she looked around the room and, and she said, well, we either trust God or we don't, right? And I trust that he's got a plan. Fast forward a few days. Now it was Friday evening and um, I had a chance to stop by and visit with a family that had been visiting our church for a few weeks. They had asked if, if I could come by and talk with them. They had a few questions about our church. And so, so I, I still remember it vividly. I was sitting in their living room and uh, we were talking and they asked a few questions and they seemed pleased with my answers. And, and finally, they kind of looked at each other and they smiled and, and the wife kind of nodded and the husband reached into his pocket and he pulled out a check. He said, well, we want to join the church. We want to become part of the church family. And, and we've been looking for about six months uh, for a church home. And all along, we've been saving up our tithe. And, and here it is. Here's our six-month tithe. I opened up that check and was kind of stunned at the amount. I did some quick math in my head. And what I realized was their annual tithe was more than the family that had just left. God provided he proved, again, he was trustworthy. I'd ask you to, uh, as you're listening to this message, think back on all the different times when you've relied on God, you've depended on God for something, and God has shown up. He's answered your prayer. He's uh, brought healing. He's uh, carried you through a difficult time. He's comforted you when you were mourning. All the different times when you put your trust in God, and he proved trustworthy. We fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That's what it means for us to have no other gods but him. Now, I have one last thing I'd like you to think about this morning. I don't know about you, but these last couple of months uh, have been some of the most challenging and um, difficult in some ways months of my life. 
there's been the whole um, lockdown because of the pandemic. There's been trying to make church happen and continue uh, during that pandemic. Uh, probably a lot of you don't know this, but uh, but for me, uh, there's been another struggle. I've, I've had a little health issue, and without going into too much detail, I was diagnosed with uh, an immune disorder. And um, there was about a month when um, literally my immune system was attacking my joints and my muscles, and uh, I'd wake up in the middle of the night in terrible pain. Over these last few months, God has taught me a lot. And and, and here's one last thing I'd share with you. God has taught me to understand what is really important in life. A lot of the things that, that have been taken away, either uh, because of the illness I was going through or because of the lockdown or um, because of the way we had to try to do ministry during those times, a lot of those things that I thought were so important weren't really all that important. But here are a couple of things that we're at the center of it all, that that are important, that God has taught me. And, and the first one is this, making a difference through our ministry is important. Even though we haven't been able to physically be together for worship, Trinity has remained a church that helps people look, live, and love more like Jesus, that continues to help people grow closer to him, that continues to make a difference in our community by serving our community and being a part of that is important and it's what carried me through some of those tough days. Here's the second thing I learned was important. My family. Spent a lot of family time together. We were blessed to have our son home with us during uh, most of the lockdown and uh, we were together a lot more than we normally are. Normally our busy lives keep us apart and I realized what an incredible blessing my family is from God. And, uh, and the chance to be together and just spend time together is a real gift from God. But most important of all is my relationship with God. And no pandemic or illness can take that away. I had a lot of late nights spending a lot of deep time in prayer with God. Had uh, a lot of... Um, days with more time on my hands, uh, not rushing all around to spend in God's word and to, to focus on my relationship with him. Every step of the way, God proved again and again to me that he loved me, that, um, that I could trust him and that, that he was indeed powerful. And he was using that power in a way that was for my benefit, for my blessing. God says we should fear, love, and trust in no one more than him. He is a God that we can rely on, who cares for us always, no matter what is happening in our lives or in the world around us. Amen.